I'm Paul Wiegraf, Director of the Delaware Division of the Arts and your host for today. Joining me in the studio is Kate Ransom, violinist with the Seraphim String Quartet, and one of this year's guest artists with the Seraphim String Quartet, Jennifer Nicole Campbell. Welcome, Kate. Thank you, Paul. And welcome, Jennifer. Thanks, Paul. So glad to have you both here. Uh, Kate, we've had you on the air before with the Seraphim String Quartet. Jennifer, we have not had you uh, on the air, but uh, you're here in a special capacity as one of a number of guest artists that uh, the String Quartet's going to be working with this year. Kate, let's start with you to give a little bit of background about, about the Seraphim String Quartet for our listeners who aren't as familiar with you. Great. Well, the Seraphim String Quartet has been around since 2001 when we first launched so um, it's had quite a presence in the region, and we also travel occasionally to other parts of the country, occasionally even overseas. Um, this year, we have a very exciting season coming up. We are continuing our role as the quartet in residence for the University of Delaware, but we are emphasizing collaboration this year. So we're doing a lot more varied works from duos, trios, quartets, quintets, and even the uh, Schubert octet later in the season. So it's an exciting season for us to work with other artists, our colleagues and uh, friends that we bring in from other parts of the country as well. Now, traditionally, or, or normally, I, whatever the word would be, your quartet consists of violin, viola, cello. And violin, two violins. Two violins, viola, viola and, and cello. cello. Now, because of the number of guest artists you're working with, that configuration is going to be quite different this year. Is that correct? That's correct. And also it's leading to a transition for the for the Seraphins to become, at the conclusion of this season, the Seraphin Ensemble. So we are moving to a more flexible model. And as part of that transition, we're going to be introducing a wonderful new festival in June 2019 called Seraphin Summer Music, partnership program with University of Delaware, the Music School of Delaware, where it, will, where it will take place, and the Seraphins. We'll be bringing 18 artists for eight performances over two weeks, and it's just going to be an absolute feast for chamber music lovers. Sounds really exciting, and sounds like a great stretch for the musicians in the Seraphim String Quartet to be uh, partnering, collaborating with all of these artists. And Jennifer, let's turn to you at representing uh, quite a host of of. of, of very highly skilled, highly trained professional artists. And as we talked off air, I understand you started as a student at the Music School of Delaware. Let's hear a little bit about your background. That's right, Paul. I, uh, I actually, I was born in Delaware, first of all, and uh, it seems like a lot of my musical experiences kind of still gravitated towards Delaware. And uh, I actually first encountered the Music School of Delaware. It was then the Wilmington Music School at a chamber music festival. And it was the first experience I actually had playing chamber music. And I remember feeling uh, really inspired. I thought, wow, this is amazing that three people can get together in a room, not having known each other at all, and play music together. And it was a Beethoven trio, uh, funny enough. And um, it was just an amazing experience. And then uh, from there, I started studying piano with David Alden Brown. I studied composition with him as well. And uh, as, as, as fate turned, uh, you know, I, I ended up coming back to the Music School of Delaware and uh, I teach uh, piano and composition there. And it's, it's a real pleasure to, to be in the Delaware area. And in addition to the Music School, you have uh, some, some teaching uh, in some other venues as well? Yeah, I, I teach at Cecil College in Maryland. I have a private studio outside Philadelphia and I also do a lot of collaborative work at Immaculata University. Now, where did you do your university training? 
I studied down at Peabody Conservatory. I got my master's and bachelor's degree in piano performance uh, with a minor in composition there, yeah. So you're an active composer as well? I am, yeah. And, and last year I just wrote a, a piece called Ancestral Echoes for Melomanie, uh, which is a, mm-hmm. a wonderful group in, in uh, Delaware as well. Which I just heard recently down at the George Reed House for oh, an event <laughs> down there. Uh, now, Kate, uh, this season uh, with, with this theme of collaboration, um, how did you reach out? Who did you reach out to? What was kind of the brainchild behind this? Well, I think that um, there are a lot of uh, threads that filtered into our collaboration plans this season. And it's something that all of us seraphins enjoy doing is reaching out to our colleagues and and uh, getting together to play fantastic masterworks. So um, throughout the course of the season, um, we have plans for collaborations with a lot of the UD faculty and then also some guests that are coming in from out of the area and also guests who are not on UD faculty but are on faculties and perform often in this region, like Jennifer Campbell, who's going to join us on um, October 21st when we open the season for the Arts at Trinity, which is a series in downtown Wilmington at Trinity Episcopal Church. We've decided to open with a program titled Ode to Joy. Mm -hmm. It's all Beethoven. Mm -hmm. What better way to start any season? And so Jennifer referenced just a moment ago playing a Beethoven trio um, as her first experience of chamber music. Well, we're going to revisit that experience with the Opus 11 trio by Beethoven. It is uh, alternate, either clarinet, uh, cello and piano, or a violin, cello and piano. And obviously, we're doing the violin version. And uh, Larry Stomberg will be joining us. Oh, no, sorry. Guang Wang of the Vega Quartet will be joining us for this program at Trinity. Um, he is a marvelous chamber musician. Um, he lives in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, his quartet, the Vega Quartet, is on faculty at Emory University. So this is a chance for us to bring another wonderful chamber music player from outside the region to join us for two trios, the Opus 11, and also the famed Archduke Trio that is so beloved by by musicians and audiences alike. We'll round out the program with one of my very favorite of the 10 sonatas for violin and piano, the E-flat sonata. And um, I think each of these pieces speaks to the theme of Ode to Joy. Um, it's all very uplifting from the humorous to the sublime um, Beethoven. The slow movements are tender and sweet, and um, I think it's just going to be a wonderful experience for all of us. Now, in, in your experience with the Seraphim uh, String Quartet, uh, the four of you play together right. quite regularly. Right. Uh, so there is a uh, sort of a chemistry that is developed through that regular interaction. Bringing in guest artists like this, how, what are the dynamics? How does that affect the dynamics? What are the challenges in working with a, with a new artist for a particular concert? Well, it's different than the ongoing relationship building that happens in an, a group that, that works together frequently. Um, it's more what we think of as the festival model. So everybody prepares very thoroughly, and then you get together in a short window of time and work very intensively I think one of the key things is choosing artists to collaborate with who you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we meet each other at festivals around the country. Um, I've played with Guang Wang in other venues, for example. I've played with Jennifer Campbell before. So we know that there is um, there's a good synergy between us, and, and we're counting on that 
to know that we can bring our styles together and our approaches in in a way that is cohesive and really a thrill for us. Um, otherwise, it's a struggle. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, Jennifer, let's turn to you with sort of the flip side of that question. As the guest artist, <laughs> what are the challenges for you in playing with one ensemble or another ensemble? Because presumably you do this in uh, different settings. Yeah, I think, um, well, one thing, I've worked with the Seraphins before. One thing I really appreciate about them as a group is that they're very open to trying new ideas. And I think that's really important as a musician because, you know, speaking for myself, already just being a solo artist, that's a lot of, you know, personalities already right there. And then you bring that into a group of, you know, two or three more people. And that's a lot of, you know, different energy happening there. And the Seraphins are great with, uh, you know, just this fluidity of ideas and trying new things and being kind of daring with interpretation. And I really enjoy that um, that kind of fusion of, of ideas. And it makes the music more exciting and I think it makes uh, for a wonderful experience for the audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, before we go to a, a, a station break, uh, Kate, could you uh, tell our listeners where they can find out information about uh, just an incredibly exciting season? Oh, thanks, Paul. Sure. The easiest way is to go to Seraphin Quartet. That's S-E-R-A-F-I-N Quartet.org. And um, our whole calendar for the year is there with the, the links and contact information for each of the venues where we'll be featured. Um, our first performance of the season is actually at the University of Delaware on October 9th. That's the one that includes Larry Stomberg, who, of course, is the cello professor there as well, and a seraphin. Well, the, the, great. So much more I want to pursue. Let me first remind our listeners that you're tuned into News Radio 1450 WILM and 1410 WDOV for Delaware State of the Arts. Our guests in the studio today are Kate Ransom, a violinist with the Seraphim String Quartet, and one of this year's guest artists, uh, pianist Jennifer Nicole Campbell. Uh, I'm curious, as we were talking about uh, the, the programming and working with different guests, art, guest artists, which comes first, selecting the pieces you're going to want to do in a program and then finding the artist that best fits that or finding the artist and then talking about what would make for a good program? Well, um, that is a wonderful question. Uh, I actually was discussing that with my brother, who also um, is artistic director for several series around the country. And we were comparing notes about how we go about that process. It's kind of a blend. Um, Definitely we gravitate to repertoire that we want to perform. Um, I think it's the reason why a lot of us do what we do. We adore this art form and we want to share it with other people. So, but in the back of my mind is always who I would love to collaborate with. And so, um, you know, being able to use varied instrumentation and the collaboration model, um, not simply just one instrumental um, arrangement like two violins, viola, and cello, that gives a more open palette about the choices we can make. So, um, I, for example, I knew I wanted to collaborate with my colleague Larry Stomberg, a cellist of the Seraphim Quartet and professor at UD. Um, and so I wanted to be sure that through the season and also in the Seraphim Summer Music next uh, June that we had opportunities to collaborate in different forms. And playing trios with cellists and pianists is just a marvelous, marvelous opportunity. So, um, so we we are playing um, trios with Julie Nishimura and um, Larry Stomberg on October 9th. 
um, a wonderful trio by Schumann, a very late work, the Opus 110. And um, this is a piece new to me, and I believe new to Larry Stomberg. And I just absolutely am enthralled to this marvelous masterwork, and I can't wait to, to collaborate with them on that. On the same program, October 9th, which is called Romance, we're doing the, the Brahms Horn Trio, Julie Nishimura and I, with John David Smith who is an outstanding horn player on the faculty at UD and looking forward to that collaboration and one of my all-time favorite uh, works of chamber music, the the Brahms Horn Trio. I recognize several of these names as uh, Delaware Division of the Arts Artist oh, Fellows. Absolutely. Larry Stomberg, Julie Nishimura, That's right. uh, the French hornist. Uh, John David John Smith. David Smith. Right. Uh, yeah. So uh, some really high-quality uh, musicians. Now, I'm curious, could you speak to... Um, and, and you as well, Jennifer, uh, the the stretch uh, that this gives to musicians in working with different ensembles and and in building repertoire for yourself as as a, as an individual performer and as an ensemble performer. Well, I think uh, one of the challenges um, of you know being a musician is that you you do want to do so much. I mean, at least for me, it's like there's so many things I want to do and so much repertoire that I want to learn, and it's great to be working with the Seraphin and to have, when uh, Kate said, well, it's an all Beethoven concert, I thought, this is great, you know, and so I was just, you know, I'd, I'd learned parts of the Archduke Trio before, but I'd never performed it, so this is a really uh, exciting experience for me, and then when we were looking at other repertoire to learn, you know, this definitely does, you know, stretch me as an artist and a musician, and, uh, you know, as I've been working on these pieces for this um, October 21st concert, I'm, I'm relating things to, you know, late Beethoven piano sonatas and other pieces that I'm working on by Beethoven. And it helps me not only as, you know, a chamber musician looking forward to this concert, but as a solo artist and, and just a more well-rounded human being. I mean, uh, there's you know, Beethoven who's, I think he's very magnetic because there's this, always this sense of kind of triumph over tragedy, right? He's, he was already by the age of 28 starting to lose his hearing. And, you know, that's... That's not an easy thing, and so uh, I think, in a way, Beethoven's kind of this great role model for taking, you know, suffering and actually being able to transform it into something meaningful. And you know, here we are, uh, you know, almost two hundred years later, still listening and still being inspired by his music and uplifted. You know, Kate, Kate said that each of these pieces has an uplifting quality, and I think that really does come through. So. I, I really enjoy, and, and it challenges me as an artist, and, and it really, like you said, kind of stretches you as an artist and a human being, yeah. And for you, Kate, I assume this really stretches the, the ensemble's uh, repertoire and, and, and with bringing in new works. Definitely. You know, I've devoted my professional life, performance-wise, to the, primarily to the string quartet, and I've played scores and scores of string quartets, and many of them, um, even a hundred times, some of them. <laughs> so... To turn to different um, configurations, say the piano trio, which is such a rich body of work, and to delve into the sonatas, for example, it is a wonderful experience and very broadening of your understanding of each composer's style, for example. One of my most thrilling experiences that I've now um, enjoyed twice is playing the complete sonatas of Beethoven and also the complete sonatas of Brahms. And um, that experience really does um, deepen your understanding of the style and the person 
that this compo- great composer was. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's fair to say that uh, a professional musician is never uh, content with where they are. Absolutely. Right? Well, but, but, <laughs> I mean, it, 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 do, do you ever say, oh, all right, I've made it. We did it, right. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, uh, there's two sides to that as well. We're talking about repertoire and right. learning new works. Right. Um, but every time you go back to a work that you've played before, uh, you deepen your understanding of that, you discover new things about it, and you presumably play it better. The other side, though, is what we're doing technically, um, you know, our craft. We're athletes. We not only have to stay in shape, but in, we're also artists who are honing, constantly honing a craft. So, um, in my opinion, and at this stage of my life, which is, which is mature, f- far along, I'm still learning. I'm still getting better. Um, until I lose some faculties, I truly believe one can continue to improve and get better at every aspect of playing music. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like uh, the Seraphin is is really evolving as a performance group. It's through, evolving. Through this season. Yes, it's transitioning and changing. Um, becoming the Seraphin Ensemble has some practical aspects to it. Um, it's very difficult to hold together a consistent group of any number of people, but four people especially. Very difficult to maintain the same personnel. And um, honestly, the Seraphim Quartet has struggled with that somewhat over the years, especially constant changes in the viola seat. Mm-hmm. So um, this opens up our opportunity to have a roster of players, which will be developed over the next probably year and a half, that make up what's called the Seraphim Ensemble that we, are, well, we will tap in order to collaborate and put on concerts and definitely in the summer festival and also perhaps through the year. Mm-hmm. Let's let's uh, talk a little bit more about this summer festival that you're envisioning because this this is a new venture uh, for you. I'm extremely excited about this. As are all of the 18 artists who are involved. Um, Jennifer Campbell will be joining us, so I'm pleased about that. But we have violinist, violist, cellist. Uh, we have a bass player, double bass player, countertenor, flutist, clarinet, uh, and pianists, of course, all collaborating. In eight different programs, um, it's really um, going to be so exciting. Each program is themed, so we have programs like the Bohemian Gems, which is going to be works of Smetana and Dvorak. We have a program called It's Classic, which will have some Michael Haydn, Beethoven, and Schubert. Um, we have a program called Out of Bavaria that's going to have Mozart, Brahms, Schumann, and Rieger. Um, we have a French program, French Foray. And also the three Bs, how could you do a festival without um, Bach, Beethoven, and Brahms? On that particular bro- program, um, the wonderful violinist who specializes in Baroque, Benjamin Shute, will be returning to Wilmington from his position in Oklahoma on the faculty there to participate in that program and play some solo Bach. We have the f- grand finale is going to be called Finale Fireworks. It's two uh, sextets for strings the Brahms Sextet in B-flat major and the Tchaikovsky Souvenir to Florence. These are time-honored, just works that just um, is no better way to finish a season. Now, will, uh, do you have dates set for this festival? The um, eight concerts take place over two weeks between the 20th and 30th of June, 2019. All of the concerts would be at the, at the Music School of Delaware's Wilmington Branch Concert Hall. Um, and... 
I'm happy to say, too, that we've fixed the roof, Mm -hmm. temporarily at least, and um, improved the lighting in the venue. Um, It is a venue that we are looking forward to renovating at the school in the next few years. Mm -hmm. But for the time being, its sound is the most precious and wonderful sound for chamber music, I think, in any venue in in all of of this region. Definitely the best chamber music venue for sound in Delaware. Great. And once again, our listeners can find out information about both your summer festival and your season uh, coming up. We will be posting um, all the information about the summer season, uh, summer festival on the Seraphin website, S-E-R-A-F-I-N quartet.org. Um, it's not up there yet, but everything for the, the current season is up there and people can find how to hear us um, starting October 9th. Hmm. That's great. We've got about a minute left. So just one quick question, because I know both of you teach as well as perform. Uh, in, in addition to teaching your students repertoire technique, what do you tell them about the life of a professional musician? What they can look forward to if that's the path they choose? Well, I think um, it's What's wonderful now is that it's, it's you know it's a, it's, there's been a common misconception that you know that this, the idea of the starving artist and I think that that's you know less and less relevant and I try to I think it's mostly the students' parents that worry about the kids like if they want to go into music I mean my parents were worried you know but uh, I think being a musician and I try to explain this to the students the best I can but they're they're young uh, it's you look at the life a whole different way. You know, you look at life through the lens of music, through the lens of art. And um, that's a wonderful way to look at the world. It's a wonderful way to find beauty in as much as you can, you know, even beauty and suffering and pain like, like Beethoven. And uh, I think that's a wonderful way to, to uh, try to explain that to students. And uh, that's what I try to do with my teaching. And with that positive note, I'm afraid we have to sign off. Kate Ransom and Jennifer Nicole Campbell, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Thanks, Paul.